If my mama can get over my cousin, so can you. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Guess what today is? What day is today? Friday. It is Friday. And now that we have an actual schedule and we've got our lives together, that means it's podcast day. It is podcast Friday. It is episode three of season four of That Black Couple, and I'm really excited. And what I want folks to grab is what I'm drinking. I really like Simply Lemonade. It's my favorite. It's very good. I don't even like lemonade. I don't like lemonade. Like I don't. I, if I go to a restaurant, I don't think to myself, "Lemonade." Like I, I don't order lemonade. Yeah, you, you never like pull that off the shelf. However, there's something about this. I don't know, cause they're a Coca-Cola company, right? Mm-hmm. It's cracking there. That's what it is. It's cracking there. It's like the same crack that's in the Coke. Yeah, they, they slipped a little lemonade. bit of lemonade too. It's in the orange juice too, cause that orange juice is just different. That orange juice is different. I drink Coca-Cola. I drink Simply Orange. I drink Simply Lemonade. Something's wrong. It's, it's crack. It's a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> I don't care, y'all. Go grab some. Go grab some simple. They got this raspberry one that hits. The strawberry's good, but the raspberry is different. Yeah, the raspberry. Ugh. It just does something. Ugh. Anyway, have yeah. a seat. This is That Black Couple. I'm Jen. And I'm Darren. And before we get started, please make sure that you follow us on Twitter, even though it's dying, and Instagram <laughs> at That BLK Couple, and on Facebook at That Black Couple. Look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. And you already know, you can find us everywhere. If they play in podcasts there, we play in there. That's Apple Podcasts, that's Google Podcasts, that's SoundCloud, that's Stitcher, all them places you can find us. Why are you talking like that? Because there's no excuse for you not Why to you find us. Why are you deep baritone like that? There's no excuse. <laughs> If they play in, they play in this. <sighs> you can find us. That's nasty. You can find us there. Ew! <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Yuck. Yep. And why would you not want to share this with your friends? So yeah, share it. Because something wrong with him. <laughs> but that's what you're here for. Come yeah, on. Yeah, actually, I think that is what they hear. Yeah. For. Something wrong with you. That and this talk. Oh my god. <laughs> Who? What did y'all do to him? Why are you talking like this? Is it because it's love month? You know what? Maybe that's what it Valentine is. Valentine's Day is coming up. It's it's the month of love. It's, it's Valentine's Day is coming up. So you gotta speak like Barry White. So you gotta. Oh God! You know this episode. This episode is about exploring the legacy of Black creatives. It is. Want to get started? And that and that includes. Oh my God! That in, that includes Barry White. What is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Why you are so tickled? Why are you throwing your head back and it laughing took, at your own it, joke? It took me a minute to hit that octave. Good but, Lord Jesus! If now, you. But now we're there, y'all. I'm going to strangle you. 
Oh my okay. gosh. Okay, I'm done. I promise. I promise. Are I'm you done. really? I prom- I'm not. I'm not gonna do it no really more. Done? I mean, I might slip into it on accident, but this not cannot on be like the Black Panther episode where you sat there and nope, don't you do it? Don't you do it? You almost did it. I saw you. Don't you, you said do it. Black no. Panther. You know, it, it elicits something don't inside you do of me. It. Don't you start with me today? Okay. It's been a week. Don't you do it? Okay. We're not about to have another episode like that episode, which we will not speak of. Where you just sit here and jump into whatever your caricature is every five seconds. Nope. Listen, it's difficult. I'm trying to hold it in. We're not doing that one, and we're not doing Barry White. Those are two. That's a no. Are we retiring them? It's a hard boundary for me. We're retiring them. Hard boundary. (laughs) It's a hard boundary for me. We'll see how it goes. Because I'm high. What's your excuse? My excuse is Friday. Oh my god. It's Podcast Friday. That's my excuse. We're going to have to move the podcast to a different day. Yes, there's so many ranges in my voice. You Little boy, that? if you don't you start this episode. High? Okay, let's go ahead. Let's get started. You must got some contact high. <laughs> it's this room. I'm telling y'all, the podcast room that we're in. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think I think the weed has just permeated like a, the it's walls. It's like a hot box. Yeah, it's just like, it's like alive. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we come down here, it's... Is foolery every single time. I almost spat out my Simply Lemonade yeah. strawberry. <laughs> Not the Simply. We're going to start this episode. Segment one. We are exploring the legacy of black creatives. Yes. Okay, let's 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 start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Darren, who ins- who are you inspired by today that you want to start from the, the beginning of your, your inspiration? You know, coming into this episode, I just really wanted to honor some people I think that have just left an indelible mark on Black Hood in a, in a couple of different ways. Like, I feel Did like you say I'm, Black Hood or Black Hoods? Black, oh, whoa. <laughs> I said Black Hood. <laughs> oh, Black Hood. Black Hood. Like womanhood, but Black Hood. Yeah, but Black. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like when we think about creatives, we always think about musicians because music and blackness are just like intertwined. Like we are one and most music we created, you know, but I wanted I wanted to actually honor an artist. Um, His name is Henry Osawa Tanner. And he's fucking amazing. And you might not know the name, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt you've seen his work because Mm -hmm. every black person has seen a, a Tanner painting. He's uh, most notably known for his his um, painting called The Banjo Lesson, which came out in 1893 is when wow. he painted it. Um, and it's just it's a, a portrait of an older black man with a young black child on his knee and they're playing a banjo. Mm. And I know you've seen it somewhere in, in your mama's house, your grandmama's house, in a barber shop, um, in, in a church vestibule. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen it somewhere because if you're black, you, you definitely cross paths with mm-hmm. it. And the, the thing that I love about him, though, is realistically, he was the first black painter that was like a celebrity. Like he, it, this was the first time I was like, oh, my God, you're doing some new shit. That's amazing. And to be actually kind of honored and respected and known for it. Um, and what his work is really known for is it was this melding of styles. It was American realism mixed with French academic painting. And so if you've ever seen any of his work, like the banjo lesson, it's really, it's really painted and drawn in a way that feels very French. Mm. Like it feels very upper crust. It feels very bougie, but all of his paintings really depict 
black people wow. you know it, it depicts it, it depicts slavery like it depicts poor folks you know people that are striving and just trying to make it through but drawn in a way that just feels very dignified and feels very gorgeous um and that's what he's known for and i just feel like you know we, we can talk about beyonce you know we, yeah. can, we can talk about all these people that are that are you know present day that have done these great things but like let's pay homage wait so was he french or was he in the u.s no he he he's a black man from the u.s wow um he spent most of his his time in france actually yeah um he actually he studied in the u.s and he studied okay, in france because when we said 1893 i mean slavery yeah. ended just yeah. 30 years before that you know exactly 1865 was yeah that. um his mother was an escaped slave Got so it. that's okay. that's the proximity that we Got have it. here okay um just Got just it. to put some respect on this man's name okay right? you yeah, know we, we we just like an inch from slavery right you know? right we just I a mean, shoulder he touched touch it. He was from slavery born in it right i mean wow <laughs> yeah his, his mother was an escaped slave his father was an abolitionist right that's wow and coming out of that already you know, i feel like that's that's the greatness of blackness right to come from those type of beginnings and be able to create masterful work on that type of a level just shows the greatness of what we are. And that is Henry Osawa Tanner. Fantastic. Well, do you want to know, you want to know where mine starts? I think I have an inkling, but I would what love you to hear. you got an inkling? Why you got an inkling? Because I know, I know you and I know how you, how you operate. Wow. But I want, I want to hear it from you. I would like to start with the indubitable, the incomparable the some other rebel um <laughs> ma rainey she gets all the abuls. She gets all the abuls. um ma rainey ma rainey was super dope um she actually her, her birth name is gertrude and i feel bad about that because that's always the name i choose when i'm making fun of a freckled white lady you know i'm like mm, well i mean she went by gertrude. ma for a reason but yeah she didn't give gertrude she gave ma and she was born in 1886 um, a lot of people know about Ma Rainey because of Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom, the movie with Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, right? Um, which excellent, excellent movie. Fantastic, by the way. fantastic. But I think what a lot of people don't know is that um, Ma Rainey was like a very out lesbian. Like, well, she was married to a man, um, Pa Rainey, and you know she had her affairs on the side, but she was very overtly like with women. And there were moments in her career where she actually would record music that would have overtly like sexual language about sleeping with people's wives. Um, and she would like make fun of the husbands for essentially being cuckolds, you know what I'm saying? Um, and like, like I said, she's born in 1886. So this is some thuggish, ruggish bone type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she was absolutely a megastar you know what i'm saying she was one of the um greatest uh well-known singers of the time not just for like black folk but for singers um a lot of people say that she's kind of like the birth of blues music like mm -hmm. she is the 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 or the originator she recorded a hundred records with paramount um and if you know anything about how these companies were back in the day they often started off as like a Woolworths or like a shoe shine or a furniture store and then it turned into some like other corporation so Paramount actually started out as a furniture store and they went bankrupt um she would keep recording all this music and she never actually had the rights to her own music but in all that to say um she would have these uh recording contracts and these relationships with these people who were so irresponsible and yet she was still able to own her own shit like she still would walk in like listen 
what you're not about to do is not give me my money, right? <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes in that movie, too. Right. Like, she was she was a thug. Um, and, and I think that, you know, it's it's good that we have um, films like, like this to, to think about who she was, but I hope people dig into um, Ma Rainey's actual lived experiences a little bit more. Um, when she died on her, birth certif- or her death certificate, they put um, that she was a housekeeper. So after she had done all that labor um, and had done all that work and become this iconic star, um, she was identified as a housekeeper, you know, in 1939. So, you know, but she just, you know, started at 53 years old because that was, you know, sad to say for a lot of um, black elders in that moment. You know, they didn't live very long, but they they lived through so much. Um, but yeah, my rainy, super gay and a thug. Thuggish, ruggish mouth. Thuggish, ruggish bone. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash media. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So what's the next section, Dan? What are we doing now? So now we're talking about black history icons, creative culture makers mm-hmm. in a more contemporary sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for, for this section, I chose Audre Lorde. Um, Audre Lorde. Uh, AKA the goat was um, she was a poet. She was born in 1934. She passed away in 1992. Um, and so what you'll notice about Audrey's life is that it wasn't very long. Um, and I, and I, 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 it makes me kind of sad that the people I'm picking didn't have long lives, but um, I'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. So um, Audrey is actually, um, uh, she was born to West Indian immigrant parents and she had very strict family members and, and parents and so she um was socialized kind of to to be respectable and to um be small and to hide parts of herself so um she actually was legally blind um as a child and she didn't speak for a very long time she didn't speak till she was five and uh what was interesting is that back then you know Folks didn't have a lot of understanding about um, disabilities and the way that they manifest in children, you know? And so it was kind of like, you know, figure it out. You can see that, right? (laughs) And I think her story has always um, resonated with me because I was a very blind child. Like I was born with disabilities that made me a very like non-seeing person and you know, you get made fun of and you don't understand what's going on because you just, you can't see, right? Yeah. So Audrey um, went to school and, you know, was still expected to perform above her peers. Remember, West Indian parents, um, they expected her to have, you know, um, the best grades, better than everyone else. And she did. Uh, she did. <laughs> she, she managed to do it even though she could not see the board sometimes. Um, and so she actually is, you know, she's, she was a disabled person. Um, Audrey Lord is best known, you know, I think for her work on 
what people associate with the self-care movement um and her her proclamations like if i didn't define myself for myself i would be crunching other people's fantasies for me and eating alive mm-hmm. um and and that's beautiful but um audrey lord's work is really at the intersection of race gender class um ability you know and she talks so much about um what it means to love women she was a very very much so a lesbian right and um her poetry her uh writing is all reflective of what it meant to be a black lesbian in these overtly white academic spaces you know um she she wrote candidly about how she would come into contact with um white you know air quotes allies who were supposed to be um feminists who were supposed to be advocating for her and who actually took up space and erased her experiences and erased her um her intellect you know um and it's just it she's she's not credited enough for her work on um comradeship and solidarity her work on um yeah, self-care is wonderful, but also her work on disability. She has a whole book about her experiences with cancer, you mm, know? Yeah. Um, the cancer journals are are iconic, you know? Um, because she's writing it's some of some parts are like diary, you know, just about her experiencing pain, how it felt to have pain in her body that day, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. An incredibly beautiful person. Um, she died and she was only fifty eight years old. So this is another example of a black woman who, you know, gave her life to the struggle, gave her life to black people, um, and maybe didn't have much of it left for herself. We gotta stop using each other up, y'all. I'm sorry. We gotta. So <laughs> sad. <laughs> Such a wonderful, beautiful person. I feel like it just. Yep. It feels so sad and depressing. Yeah. But but you know, like you did say that she, you know, she gave so much of herself to us and. We yeah. should be grateful. And I'm like, listen, my life is indelibly changed because of what I read from Audrey. Her, her poetry is on my arm. Her, her, her intellectual contributions are on my arm. She's one of the only people whose words, you know, get to be on my body <laughs> because, you know, she's just, she is um, so critical to black feminist uh, thought and the ways that so many of us have come to know ourselves. Wow. Okay. Yep. Well, how do I follow that? I up? don't know. Go ahead. Try. Wow. Okay. <laughs> your turn. Your turn. Well, my contemporary choice is the amazing. Um, I don't. I don't even know how to describe, but um, just so well known, just you know, just a part of the culture. Mm. Um, the one and only August Wilson. Mm. Um, he he was a playwright. He was a poet. Um, and I feel like. Like so many artists that we're talking about today, what what their work tends to do, and I think this is what almost every black creative on the face of this earth has ever done, is create art that's a reflection of black life. Mm. And most times it's the life that they've lived, right? It's the things that they've seen. Like you were just talking about Audre Lorde and 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 the cancer journals, right? Like mm. writing about this is my experience mm-hmm. and sharing that and having other people kind of commune with w- with that artistic expression, um, and that that's what August Wilson was all about. That's mm-hmm. that's that's what his work was. Um, most most notably, he was a playwright. He he wrote a number of plays. Um, 
he's most known for a set of 10 plays that's called the Pittsburgh Cycle. Mm. Um, and they were all they were all just about black life in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like, this is what it's like to be black. Mm-hmm. Like that that was the play. Like it wasn't like, oh, Billy's trying to play baseball and someone doesn't want to him to play. No, mm-hmm. his stories were like, we black and this shit hard. Like mm-hmm. that that was the plot of this of of his plays. Um, probably his his most well known play, Fences. Mm-hmm. Um, just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the movie with Denzel and Viola. <laughs> What are you doing with your life, right? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> because again, also just brilliant, yeah. and again, also just a reflection of black life, right? It was like it was the struggles of black manhood, manhood. Mm-hmm. It was the struggles of black womanhood. It was mm-hmm. the struggles of parenting. Mm-hmm. It was the struggles of disability. Mm-hmm. It was, like it was, it was just the struggle yeah. of being black very complicated in the world, yes. right? Um, and I mean. Goes without saying, those performances are just. I mean, I've never stellar, seen Violet you know? blow a bigger bubble out of her nose. That's the biggest mucus That's bubble. That's the biggest bubble she today. has ever blown in any movie or show. The, that alone deserves an award. The just, bubble just was the so bubble. big and it pops. Whoa, <laughs> you know. But but he had other plays too, right? Also well known, the piano lesson. Mm. Um, also Ma Rainey's Ma Black Rainey's Bottom. Black Bottom. Also, that was that was his play that he wrote, which then was turned into mm-hmm. the Netflix film. Some about Viola. And August yeah. Wilson. I know yeah. she. She's. I think she's given some interviews about she this has. about how she just really loves his work. His stuff resonates for her. And listen, she brings it to life she's, every time. Listen, hey, <laughs> hey, it's in her DNA. But I think the thing about August Wilson, you know, and what I like about what we're doing with this episode is right. These people, they're known for things, right? They're known mm-hmm. for the work, but we don't necessarily know much about their lives, right? right? We don't necessarily know about the person who then became the creator, right? Um, and August Wilson, I mean. This is a man who grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm. Um, he dropped out of high school in, at, at 15 years old. Wow. Um, because a teacher had accused him of plagiarizing. Wow. And he was like, fuck that. I'm out. Wow. Right? And basically became a playwright and a poet by soaking up culture. Mm. Like he just went around and just soaked up culture. He just was with the people and he then reflected their work. Wow. And then he. He wrote plays upon plays upon plays. He worked with with circles of black folk, right? Building community, um, and that that is how he became who he became. That that is that's that's how that's August dope. Wilson became August Wilson. That's dope. Um, but like so many other black people, he grew up um, pri- primarily in a single mother household. Mm. Um, his his father was actually a German immigrant. Hmm. Um, mother was a black woman. Um, and his dad was pretty much not around, right? Mm. And so a lot of the work, again, that he put out was a reflection mm. of the life that he lived, that of tracks. the life that he saw, right? Yeah. And that's why everything feels, I think, so real and so visceral. And so heavy. So heavy because, it, because it's close. Mm-hmm. And I think when I think about, like I was saying before, when I think about black culture and, and black artistic expression, whether it's you know paint, whether it's a play, mm-hmm. a poem, mm-hmm. um, a novel, a song, right? If it's rap, if it's gospel, if it's R and B, if it's mm-hmm, jazz, mm-hmm. all of it has that that visceral, yes. energetic, just emotional yeah. heft to it, yeah. Because it is an expression of our lives, and yeah. I think that's what what sets black artistry apart from general artistry in the world. Wow, wow. Well, you you followed it up pretty good. I think that was I. That, Hey, how'd I do? How'd I do? That, uh, <laughs> that was great. I, that was great. 
That was great. <laughs> well, when you're working with greats like these, like August Wilson, like Audre Lorde. Ma Rainey. Like Ma Rainey. I Henry mean, Osawa. And Henry Osawa. I mean, Tanner. It's, it's easy. Uh-huh. I mean, it's they're, they're icons. I agree. You can find my mom and dad, a.k.a. That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. That Black Couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Media. If you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com slash colorcombosvideo. Please consider giving us $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash colorcombosmedia. All donations are welcome. We're back. We back. Now it's time to close it out. All right. I'm ready. I've been ready. I'm I'm excited because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've been talking about some heavy, 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 heavy hitters. Well, that's a lot of heavies. It's a lot of heavies. Yes. Um, but now we're talking about the future. We're talking about I'm ready. You know what we're looking forward to. Who's making moves today? Mm-hmm. Who needs to be honored today for mm-hmm. the work they're doing today? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna start out with someone I just uh, I've just fallen deeply in love with. Mm-hmm. I just love her. She mm-hmm. just uh, I mean she's amazing. She does things to me. Um, <laughs> it's it's Samara Joy. Uh huh. Um, and, and, and to give y'all a little bit of context of why I'm gushing about, about this woman, um, I'm just, I'm an old school yeah. type of a dude, you know, I you know, I play double bass. I mm-hmm. love jazz music, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's my shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, you know, I'm not that old, but, but I'm kind of, you feel kind of out of place. Like a lot of people our age are not like, Oh, that jazz, yeah. did you hear that snare? Yeah. That snare was gone. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not what we really talking about. Um, but what Samara Joy is doing is just, Ugh. is so amazing. I mean, Gosh, she's, so she's just, she's just, she's bringing, you know, she's bringing Billie Holiday, you yeah. know, in, in 2023, like who yeah. does that? And the fact that she has gotten so much acclaim, so much recognition, the, the Grammys was what just last week she, she brought Took home, home Grammy. two Grammys, two Grammys, um, best jazz vocal album and best new artist. I knew she had best new artist. I didn't know she had the best jazz best vocal album. Best jazz vocal album. Holy crap! I'm now, not surprised because she's fantastic. Now here's the things you might not know. Number one, she was born November 11th, 1999. Yeah, she's a kid. She's a kid. The, she's 24. The, the, when when I she, knew that she has two albums that she's put out. When she recorded her first album, she was still in college. Yeah, that's the, that. So so I think I I first noticed her. When she was on, like, was it online? I saw a video or something like that, and I just mm-hmm. heard her singing. And yeah. I can't remember if you sent it to me or I sent it to you, but this was this was a long time ago. Yeah, this was a long time ago, and we were just kind of circulating her stuff online, like on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. So when I saw her the other night, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like her, she also her. Oh, this is your segment. No, but ahead. I just like she ascended really quickly too. She did. She ascended really quickly, and I'm. I, I think that's so amazing because she's singing a genre of music that typically folks don't get credit for or any type of acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow! And she's a black girl, and mm-hmm. she's a real black girl, and she got traditionally African American features. Yep. You know what I'm saying? She got she got big kinky hair. I'm just like, I'm happy. <laughs> oh God! I'm just. Ugh, I'm here the for thing, all of it. The thing is, like you said, she's a black girl. She's yeah. young, and she's doing something that young people are generally not known not for, doing. Yeah. not identifying with. And it's not even so much that she's just such a skilled jazz singer. Yeah. But she also there, there's like a there's like a little bit of an edge. There's, yeah. a, there's a little bit of modern to what she does, yeah. which which 
to me, like when you listen to like jazz standards and stuff, they they pretty much sound the same. The People same, tend yeah. to make the same choices, but she she just always does something just a little yeah. bit different. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, I just feel like she, that's one of those things like when you're carrying the torch and you're mm-hmm. bringing it forward. Like we're taking jazz music and we're not letting it die. Just like you know, I feel like every five years or so, people go R and B is dead, and then it's like R&B people, people are like huh, hold up, and then someone it. else come out and and you realize R and B ain't motherfucking ain't dead. never and, gonna die, ain't never gonna die. Just like jazz ain't never gonna ain't die. Never gonna die. As long as you got black people, you got R&B and jazz. And that's the thing with 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 Samara Joy, right? To be honest, she hasn't she hasn't been singing jazz for that long, mm-hmm. right? She you know she, well, she comes, can't have because she's only as old as you right. Know. <laughs> no, I, when I say that, I mean <laughs> I'm it's like, I'm like yeah, but it's not like it's not like she grew up and her parents were like, "You gonna sing jazz?" And <laughs> you know, like a lot of parents do. Yeah. You know, she comes from a very musical family. Yeah, a lot of singers and musicians in her family. But I, if I remember correctly, she didn't really even come into like really knowing jazz or performing jazz until like I think like her late teens. Wow. Like. like end of high school imagine just coming into it and being Samara Joy but it's like I think I think it also is a testament to number one just skill and just artistry yeah and when you have it you have it when you have it you have it and I think she just steeped herself in it and just was like I'm gonna study this fits this fits me she found her lane you know this is where I am this is where I stay and if you haven't heard of her number one what's wrong with you yeah Uh, number two go look her up because Lives rent Listen, free in my I hope, head. I hope, I hope that a whole new fleet of young black folk find themselves in jazz music now. I, yeah. I, I hope that they feel, find themselves singing it. I hope they find themselves listening to it. And I hope that there's a return to jazz. And and that's the thing, right? And I, I this, this to me reminds me of Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. Because people, he said, people always come up to him and say, oh, you know, no one does it like y'all do. And, and he's like, People can do it. It's yeah. it's like we can still go out here and har- harmonize and do shit, but you you gotta you gotta do it. You, you gotta, gotta study it, right. it. You gotta be right about the artistry. Right. Same thing with jazz. Like I think a lot of people felt like jazz was old. Mm-hmm. It was over. It was for old white people. And Samara Joy said, "No, no, no." You know why? Because they made that stupid ass L.A. movie, make it seem like jazz came from fucking mm. uh, what's her name? Mm. Easy A. Mm. <laughs> and and, and Ryan Gosling. I saw that movie. I said, oh, well, I never. <laughs> that, that's what you said? I said, well, I never. <laughs> as, as you said, <laughs> I hope people see her doing her shit. Yes. And I hope they pick up a motherfucking instrument. And I hope they remember that jazz is black. I hope they read some sheet music. Yes. Get with it. You know, I, I hope they, they get themselves a bouffant. I don't know. I don't care. Do something. Whatever they got to do to be but, more jazzy. But keep that shit alive. Jazz hands. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it whatever motherfucking takes. Okay. Oh, All man. right. What, what you going to talk about? Okay. So, so as we've been talking, I've been thinking. Uh, mine. Okay. 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 So, so, so. I don't want to pick because I am so excited about young black people. And so, I, I, my, I, I just really am excited about the creativity and the ingenuity of young black people. Like I am always so impressed because like when they make TikTok dances and they go like viral and everyone around the world is doing these TikTok dances and they get into make the stallion videos. I'm like, holy shit. Like Black kids are fucking phenomenal. They're a force. These black kids that I'm watching on TikTok, that I'm watching on these Instagram reels, they are so incredible. They're so talented. They're so confident. They're so authentic. And I'm just like, you know, like I keep thinking about that 
Steve Harvey challenge <laughs> where they were playing the clip of Steve Harvey and it was like a tongue in cheek, you know what I'm saying? And these kids all put on the Steve Harvey helmet hat so they could look like they were bald, but they didn't try. But that was the whole point. The whole so some point. of them had on like a real bald cap and some of them had on just a wave cap, but that was like kind of stuck with brown paper on it or like whatever they had to do to make it look like a, a ball cap. And then they had on the most bootleg mustaches. <laughs> and the loosest fitting suits you know and they all hit the splits at the right time i'm just like how how are y'all so cool y'all are so much cooler than us and we thought we were so cool (laughs) we thought we were so cool it's crazy it's it's the thing the thing for me is i can't keep up no like there's a new challenge there's a new a new word dance there's a new something fleek fleek came and went and like like i don't know I don't know how they not only keep up, but innovate. Right. And create and right. turn shit into new, greater, right. better shit. Right. They always upgrade. They're it. just, they're just good. They're, they're so quick. They're so creative. I think about people like Marce Martin. Like, I'm just like, yeah. good Lord. You're just so cool. You're just, just, just a boss b- before you're legal. Right. Chloe and Hallie, both dope sisters. Oh just dope together. Dope squared. So I want to shout out one particular young black person who I am just, ooh, she just, I was seeing her pass across my Instagram and I'd be like, wow, I can't wait to see her grow up. You know what it is? Who? Zaya motherfucking Wade. Oh my God. I am obsessed. I am obsessed with Zaya Wade. I'm obsessed with her. I'm, a, I'm astonished. Oh my God. That little girl. And she is, she's stunning. She's she posts her little pictures, you know what I'm saying? And she's modeling and she's just wearing the bagangs and she's got the hair. <laughs> and I'm just like, bitch, like I was not that cool. I was never that cool. I was never that dope. I was never that confident. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Zaya for me is like one of those kids I see. I'm like, you are the future. Like yeah, you, yeah. you know who you are. You don't give a shit what people have to say. You set your boundaries in your own household with your parents, and you set it with all of us. You like listen, adults, get it together, get it together, because this is who I am. And the world was like, "You're right, you're right, you're right." What the world gonna do? What we gonna do? Cause you that bitch <laughs> got us in a motherfucking chokehold. Right, you see on our necks. <laughs> You own our necks. You own our throats. So we can't do nothing. Your heel is on our throat. And that honestly, I'm I'm glad that you picked black youth as your choice because it does it does, I think, inspire hope. Yes. Because I feel like there's always this fear. Yeah. Like it's it's an irrational fear. Let's be real. Yeah. It's an irrational fear that at some point blackness is gonna drop off. That at some drop point drop off or get usurped or co opted or caricatured, you know, and, and every few years a new Kardashian does something with some lips or a booty and then you know, you're afraid that that means that people are gonna forget that black people mm-hmm. are actually here, you know, or they discover, you know, braids or something and then all of or baby hair, you know? And and I'm excited because you know, we have three black kids upstairs right we have three dope ass like cutting edge innovative black kids who have boundaries who who don't subscribe to folks's gender ideals who don't give a fuck what people think about them and i just be like damn y'all so cool they be leaving for school and i'm just like wow you you rock that headband you Mm -hmm. rock that dang ear you rock that unicorn shirt cool kid like they're just so fucking dope 
They're just so fucking dope. They're just otherworldly. They're just they're the future, man. And I and I for one cannot wait to see what I the hell it looks like. I can't wait. I just want to <laughs> sit and watch. I'm not trying to get involved. Like I just yeah, want to. I, I feel like we put in our time. I did what I needed to do. Yeah. I did what I need. I know I did what I needed to. Do. I gave birth to three of them, so I'm I'm <laughs> I've contributed to the movement. <laughs> I have an honorary position somewhere because I contributed. I contributed. So yes, just so y'all know, I'm writing my letter to the Black Youth Leader of the uh, secretarial department that I contributed. Just want to make sure y'all have that. Um, yeah, you, you you deserve your certificate. Yeah, the official uh, acknowledgement. Your badge, your, your yes. patch. I want a little letter that says you contributed. Does a star. It, with, on the stationery? Yeah, someone to say, I want to have a star. <laughs> Ma'am, you contributed. <laughs> star. Thank you for your service. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatBLKCouple, on Facebook at ThatBlackCouple, and look us up on the internets at www.ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye!